When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hanson, Crystal Dwyer Hanson, author of at, at, excuse me, of course I've managed to butcher it in the first three seconds, author of at, authors of Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. And before I jump into it, how about you both introduce yourselves, please? Uh, Tommy, first of all, we're thankful to be on your show. Uh, most people know me because of the Chicken Soup of the Soul series, and we sold a half billion after getting 144 rejections and publishers saying, get out of here. You guys are never going to do that. Look at the muscles in that guy. That's exactly how I feel, too, boy. <laughs> I was out there pumping iron early this morning, so I'm, I'm one of you. And then we own some businesses and that, but uh, we, we're here with our new book, Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams and Your Destiny, one simple reason. Our destiny is to help everybody get to their destiny by learning one little thing, to learn how to ask. Yeah. Yes. So really quickly, I'll introduce myself, Tommy. I am a transformational life coach, um, board-certified hypnotherapist, business strategist, entrepreneur. Um, Mark and I came together um, in 2008, got married in 2011, um, met him at a at an author's conference and we just ended up you know connecting and yeah. have been together kind of ever since so beautiful it's yeah yeah well yeah it's kind of what you guys have said with ask is and yeah it's i found that just with my own podcast i've had you know i have friends and they always ask me they're like how did you get so and so on how and i always just I just asked him. Like I've yeah. I've had on Mike Durant, the pilot that was shot down in Mogadishu that the movie Black Hawk Down's about. I've had on Rob Manning, the head of NASA JPL, the the team of NASA that puts rovers on Mars. I had on Charlie Duke, the tenth man to walk on the moon. Like we know Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, he he's a saint. Yeah, we're 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 on the board of Back to Space, so we're real clear. We are. Uh, Wanting to, when I was in graduate school, I was with Bucky Fuller, and he said the only real ecology program is we go in space because then we got to learn how to take care of the yeah. little spaceship, which is very fragile. We're little in this big universe, and and we yeah. have not been taking care of it, and we're deep into all that. But we're learning, we're learning, we're teaching people how to ask to get all the good that they desire. Yeah, and so the one thing that kind of really popped out to me just from the get go was: Are you guys aware of the double slit experiment in quantum physics? It's Yes, no? Yes. I mean, go ahead. Just okay, it. okay. It's Well, for everyone listening, it's that when, when there's not an observer of uh, an electron, it, I don't forget which one, it exists as a particle or exists as a wave, and then when it's observed, it exists as a particle, meaning that conscious observation directly changes the outcome of reality at the most fundamental level. And the thing... <laughs> that stuck out to me about ask is and i always circle around to this dale comstock the youngest member ever of delta force who is on this podcast and who i just asked to be on and he was and now he comes on all the time when i spoke to him back in march it blew me away because you you kind of when you get into you know the double slit experiment you know the law of attraction you often think you're going to be talking to a kind of like a hippie and you're like yeah sure that sounds nice like get away from me but here's Dale, who is just like the most clean-cut, square-jawed American there is, you know. Right. 
and he's going, yeah, like the one thing they like one of the things they teach is in Delta Force, like which is just the tippy top of special forces is to focus on success and to focus on the feeling of success yeah. and to and that just blew me away because I was like, that's the last thing I would expect from someone like that, right? Right. But it, it it's kind of so with that and then with y'all's book, it kind of ties into where it does almost seem like there is something woven into reality that's like if you just start moving towards it, it will actually come to you. But if you just sit around and just it can't happen, it won't happen, it'll never happen. Well, then indeed it won't happen. Do you, do is there any? Do you believe in any connection like that, or is that is that too far out there? Yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> really, really big. Both of us are deep into quantum fiction. Yeah. I just not heard it. Beautiful. It's called Heisenberg's principle of indeterminacy. Yes. If, yeah. if, if if a man is a particle person looking at particles, they see particles. If you're a wave guy or lady, you see waves. And what we're saying is what you said. Why we're saying the first line in the book is that when you ask universe conspires to answer yes like when i was with the smartest guy on the planet when i was in graduate school bucky fuller einstein's best student we were walking down the street and he said you know what kind of tree that is and i didn't know and he said look mark any question you ask you will get the answer to well three days later the guy's walking down the street he didn't know that i need to know what kind of tree that was he just that's my favorite tree a walnut tree and i get goosebumps telling you that it's that simple and that profound and that's why we wrote a book called ask because you know, we've talked to 7 million people in eight, eight, uh, 80 countries around the world, and we see all these great people that got nice attitudes, well-educated, professional, but they're not living up to their potential because they've never learned how to ask themselves. We're doing three things. Ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. So the universe works omnibeneficially for you. Yes. it's And Crystal, are you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, I honestly think in this next, next decade, what we're going to learn is that, you know, spirituality, consciousness, and quantum physics is all going to converge to this yeah. one place. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we see it throughout the Bible, ask and you shall receive, mm-hmm. seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open. I mean, all these things in the Bible that that tell us um, in all, you know, um, spiritual uh, literature, that basically tell us if, if we set our intention that's what we're going mm-hmm. to get. If we expect to get something, um, that's what we're going to get. And that's exactly what happens in life. As a transformational co- life coach, I always tell people, while it appears that you know, you're know you looking out at life and it's coming at you and you're kind of ducking and dodging and trying to keep the balls in the air, that's not the, that's not the reality. That's not what your life experience is. Life is actually experienced from the inside out and mm-hmm. you create the experience mm-hmm. depending on how you the input that you have or the input that you allow or the baggage you're carrying around mm-hmm. so to the degree that you recognize that and accept it and realize you're carrying a lot of baggage from your past experiences that could be creating a program that is uh, you know causing you to keep getting what you're getting mm-hmm. so until you break that program recognize that you can let go of the baggage and then i'll come back to this what i call sort of a zero point a clean slate point and then decide that you are going to deliberately create your life. You're going to deliberately create your life experience, not let it randomly be created for you. Mm-hmm. And that is that intention, that seeking and asking for what you want and finding it every time. Mm-hmm. No, I I believe that a hundred a hundred thousand percent. That if you, I truly do believe that focused intent creates your reality. It's yes. when. I mean, in 2013, I graduated the University of Georgia. I'd spent four years non- from a meathead in college to studying nonstop or meathead in high school to nonstop studying in college, 
scored in the top four percentile on the MCAT and got into the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. On top of the world, everything's great. What else could I want? Well, deep down, I knew I wasn't happy. And a large part of my brain was just like, you got into medical school, take the white coat, shut up. Just, you know, you squeaked by, just, you got a good life ahead of you. Don't, but another part of me was just, I remember looking at a quote by Maya Angelou and it, it was really a splinter in my brain. It was the, there was no greater agony. There was, yeah, the greatest agony is bearing an untold story. And just, it just sat there. And I was just, I couldn't, everyone else, congratulations, you're going to be, and I was just like, there's something else out there. And, and I set out in fall 2013, right after I graduated, I decided that I wanted to earn a living doing what I love. And I didn't even know what it was I love. Fast forward seven and a half years. Now I'm here with a podcast that I'm actually. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Slowly making a living off of, but the entire journey was terrifying. But the point of that whole story is is no matter what, it, it wasn't even that I, I could see the, the end goal. Everything was terrifying. Every day was just, you know, what am I doing? I'm 30 years old. I'm, you know, I'm living in my parents' house. Like all my friends are married with cars and I'm like, and I'm trying to do what? Put a webcam up and make a living. But the, the only thing that ever kept me going was, and I talked to Mitsubi about this the other day, is daily meditation and calming my mind and then seeing what Dale Comstock, Delta Force, told me to do. See, don't don't tell yourself it's coming. See it as if it's now. Yes. That's right. You've got to live in the assumption of the wish fulfilled because yes. the top of physics is metaphysics. And, and uh, the interesting point of that is, is it's all, your success has got to be there before you get there because you're always going to catch up to your success, just like you did in Mad Cat, just like you were in the top 4%. Now we're saying... Catch up to seeing, you got to see yourself with the audience that you want, whether it's 100,000 or a million or 10 million, and more the better. And the reason is, well, what did Christ say? The boys are at the Last Supper and say, hey, boss, what do we do to become great? He said, the greatest amongst you is servant of all. I get goosebumps telling you that, which is corroboration of truth and chicken soup for the soul language. And the point is, just like we want to sell, ultimately sell a billion books, which no one's ever done, and my, our critics will say, you guys are really crazy. You know, but that's okay. It's crazy for you not to be a full-time medical doctor either, but your spoke, your right livelihood, your destiny with a passion and purpose is to source and serve people that would never get anyone to hear interviews like yours. And, and you're the millennial. You are, I'm going to give you, you're the voice of the millennial nation that is lost. And the soul is lost until it learns how to ask themselves, ask others and ask God effectively, which is what we're teaching. Yeah. Well, now you're getting me all jacked up. I'm getting excited. Is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, let's go. I went to the gym this morning, but I'm like, going back. They're going to be like, are you okay, man? And I'm going to be like, no, I'm jacked up. I'm ready to go. But, but it's, it's, but it's true is, you know, I, 
Like I would picture, you know, I'd picture like my mom, you know, like, you know, like, you know, oh my God, like, you know, because I finally made money. I picture my dad, you know, being like, hey, like you're finally going to move out of my house. Like, you know, I, I pictured myself like I picture myself going on like Christmas and, you know, like my brothers being like, hey, you somehow pulled it off. Like just that's the, the glory. You know, it's uh, Joseph Campbell, the ultimate boon, right? The, the, the right. thing you get. And slowly but surely, they've all come to pass, you know? Like, my mom hugging me teary-eyed because she's like, I can't believe you finally, like, there's someone, like, investing in this podcast. Or, you know, my dad being, you know, like, fist bump. Or, you know, again, my little brother come up to me on Christmas and he's like, I hate that you did it. Like, I love you, but, like, I hate... And, you know, just, like, you know, just kind of, like, fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's true. I think you have to see it because if you don't see it as a possibility, if you tell yourself it cannot happen... If you tell it, then it will not happen. Then, then it's not gonna happen. You you have to keep it at a non-zero chance, and that's what I, I fully believe. I'm sorry, I know I'm talking nonstop again, but yeah, no, you're, it's no, you're good, and that's exactly why we wrote the book. Because what happens with people, Tommy, is they get stuck in their circumstances and they don't see anything different. They see what they're getting. They see the dismal results, and that, so they start to regurgitate that in their mind. And the only way out of that is to start asking. Okay, mm-hmm. because. When you're in that state where you're stuck and you're down and you're depressed and it seems like things aren't working, you don't have any answers, right? And, and people don't see a way forward. The only way forward is to ask the right questions. You ask your way out of it because nothing, no mechanism has the ability to reveal what is hidden like asking, yeah. right? Yeah. So you ask a question, suddenly you start to get an illumination. You ask a question, like you start to see a solution to the problem. You just keep asking and asking. Doors start opening. You know, you can't, like Mark said, you can't ask a question without getting some kind of response from the universe. Mm. And actually, the studies show that when you ask yourself a question, a different part of your brain lights up. And it's the part of your brain that does critical thinking. So you really, like, if you want to use your brain to the fullest, start asking yourself questions, yeah. really, every day. And we say that, you know, that journey starts with asking yourself. And there are kind of three critical phases to asking yourself. Because people are like, well, what questions do I ask? Well, everyone's life's a little different. But if you think of it in phases, and we have tons of questions in the book that guide you mm-hmm. through all the areas, health and wellness, career, um, you know, relationships, and your life purpose. But the three general critical phases are of asking yourself are, you know, where am I now? Because a lot of people, like you can't go forward until you figure out where you are right now. Mm-hmm. What's working? What's not working? Am I happy? That's where you started with, and you know, you're ready to go to medical school. You're like, where am I now? I'm not happy. This isn't feeling right. Do I really want to do this? You have to ask and answer those questions yeah. or you'll get, you know, off on the wrong track. You know, is this working in my life? What, what would be better? So then the second phase of that is where do I want to be? And so few people ask that, you yeah. know, but you did, right? And so when you sit down with yourself and ask that, and Mark and I say, ask it with the most, your best imagination, because imagination is the gift that God gave us. I mean, we're created in the creator's image yes. through the gift of our imagination, because literally we can create any scenario. We can imagine any scenario that we want and every good thing, everything that's that's been created in this world started in someone's imagination. Yeah. So that is the power of your imagination for everyone who's listening. Never underestimate it. So we say when you're at that second phase, where do I want to be? Start with the nth degree in mind. Yeah. Start to imagine just like you were in my perfect career 
this is how many people I'm talking to. This is so fun. I'm talking to how many people am I talking to every day? How many, who am I talking to? Why do they like my message? Yeah. What is resonating? And all of those questions will reveal all of those answers. And in that way, you start to engineer your perfect life backwards. Yeah, but it's true. In your case, you know, you got to look at, and I'm, I'm just going to pick on one guy, not a lot, but Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. you got $100 million by Spotify. Yeah. And so what you, what you got to say is, well, what is up? In other words, when I started the speaking business, and I, I asked all the speakers how you do it, and then when I started the book business, when Jack and I started and did Chicken Soup, I interviewed the 101 best-selling fiction, non-fiction authors. I said, don't tell me how to, uh, it's like me asking how to talk. Hell, you've been talking since you're two years old or one year old. So that's not the issue. The issue is how do I market this? And you got to talk to guys like Joe Rogan and say, how do I market so I can do a hundred million podcasts? Because there's plenty of room. There's 8 billion people that want to listen. And I'm telling you that podcasting is now the new, when I grew up in the fifties, right? As a little kid, you know, it was NBC, ABC, and CBS. We didn't have internet. We didn't have 500 channels. Today, you've got a, a market you can be bigger than anyone. You can be the richest, per- richer than all the rest of your family combined in all history in using podcasting as a vehicle because you're super smart. And, and what I'm asking you to do is go to your full potential, which is what you're good at. That's why you're jacked up, why you want to go pump iron again. Why, you know, I saw your biceps and triceps. You're solid like a rock like I am at 73. Well, what, what, one day I'll, I'll model myself after you. But it's, but it, you're, you're, you're right. And it's, you know, I kind of got laughed at from the get-go, but I mean, when I was a freshman in, in, in college and just like barely was scraping by, I remember going and talking to the advisor and I was like, what do I need to do to become a physician? And I remember she kind of like looked at my grades and then she looked at me and she was like, well, honey, like, what about being like a like a dental assistant? And I was like, well, and, I, and I was like, I was like, well, why? I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, a doctor. So I thought I mispronounced something. And she's like, well, it's very hard to get in and you know maybe you should start looking at realistic options and i remember going into that meeting like kind of wanting to be a doctor and i came out of that and i was like i'm gonna be a doctor if it's the last thing i do and it's just (laughs) but that's all i did and when i started this podcast everyone's like so what's your end goal and it's always like a i can almost predict the eye rolling i'm like well first it's becoming the biggest podcast in the world and once they finish laughing i tell them like well no i think it can be done by 2030 and they keep laughing and as i told mitzi and ultimately i want to raise as much money as i can and i want to put it towards maps the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies they're using psychedelics to treat ptsd childhood rape victims alcoholics narcotic addicts everyone depression anxiety because in 2014 i did lose a sibling to suicide and that stuff's very close to me and it's but when you when you say all that it sounds ridiculous and it is ridiculous but to me i'm like why would i not aim for like if i'm gonna do something if i'm gonna try to get into med school i'm not gonna kind of get an a like i'm gonna do it if i'm gonna do a podcast i'm gonna aim to be the biggest and to try to use that money to take to fix mental health and that sounds insane but to me i'm like why would i not why would i not aim for the top it's yeah that's right and, yeah that's what's required you yeah. know to really have success you need to have that full vision of your ultimate success just like we were saying when you ask yourself what do i want ask it from the nth degree don't ask it you know this watered down sort of milk toast version yeah. well if i just can do this no why yeah. it's your imagination you yeah. know it's your life 
make it big, make it great, and yeah. then go for it. Keep asking until you get there. Yeah. yeah, the size of your question, the size of your ask, determines the size of your result. So when I say, well, how do I sell? We started out, we sold a million and a half in a year and a half. We basically did that. We did a million three. Then I said five million next year, which the publisher went, <laughs> Mark, I don't know what you're smoking, but it's not the right stuff. You know, maybe you had to go to Dr. Tommy and figure out the same kind of drug to take, right? Yeah, yeah right. Said, oh, no, no. Then I'm going to do 10 million and then 15 million a year. We did all that. That's why we sold a half billion books. But we're at the beginning. We're not at the end. And that's what I'm saying for everybody stuck in this cocoon because our, our – uh, corporate symbols of butterfly and everybody starts out as a caterpillar you're crawling around and everybody ridicules you rejects you is upside now because of this forced um covid at some levels not that it's not real but we've been put in a cocoon i'm saying we're this is the year 2021 we're going to break out the high flying beautiful radiant butterflies and there's I would love you to become the top because then maybe you'd even be kind enough to have us on and you'll remember us back in the prehistoric <laughs> days when you were starting. I absolutely will. I'll have you on and we can, we, I'll be, we, I'll have a big counter like the U.S. national debt, but it will be total book sales and it'll just be ticking up as you guys get to a billion. Right on. <laughs> love that. Yeah. But it's, I was going to say, so what you guys started with was, you know, the universe will uh, conspire to help you is, is that it, I believe it was Terrence McKenna that said the universe loves courage and said the real, this is, this is the secret. This is the alchemical gold. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is what all the ancients knew that if you ask for something, the universe will not grind you down. Rather, it will lift you up. The trick is to jump into the abyss or jump into the void and discover that it's a feather mattress. And it's, but that's really is what it's been is okay i'm not going to go to medical school and it's like fully expecting that like okay like eventually i'm just going to be like what am i doing with my life and it was but now now it's a feather mattress now i'm talking to you guys on episode 314 like my life couldn't be better and it's and another terrence mckenna quote is the problem isn't finding the answer it's facing the answer and crystal that's what you got into was look at it in the eye like it should make you uncomfortable the question you're asking should make you because otherwise you're it's like if you're going to look at the sun you're going to look at the sun you're going to know when you look at it because it's going to hurt it's like if you're going to take the time to ask yourself what you want or what you don't want it should hurt like do you guys agree with that or is that is that maybe like a little yeah it should hurt it should be exciting and a little intimidating or it's not it's probably not worth your time right mm-hmm. i mean just taking the, the path of, of least resistance is usually not the best way to get to your destiny to grow mm-hmm. and to achieve and express everything you're supposed to i mean you know i, I talk about an experience in the book just my own mm-hmm. like one of my most challenging experiences but it's like really asking yourself the tough questions yeah. that get you to the next step in your life yeah get you to move now, do you believe that there's an end goal to reach? Because you touched on this earlier about you have to visualize your success because it's always got to be right out in front of you. Is when you do eventually get to a billion books, are you going to bump it up? First of all, first of all, there's a lot of other things happening simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, and, and we could not be happier. And I, and I respectfully understand a lot of people are hanging on by their fingernails. And back in 1974, when I built the Wall Street Racket Club, Botanical Gardens, Aviaries, I was a young hotshot, and I thought I was 
invincible. I was also a sophomore, Rick. <laughs> and I, you know, the Arab oil embargo came and I crashed and burned because I was trying to build out of plastic. That was my best worst experience because I asked, you know, what do I really want to do after six months of sleeping in a sleeping bag in front of another guy's room? And it finally came to me. I wanted to talk to people that care about things that matter that make a life-changing difference because I've gone bankrupt. And I went to my roommates in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, three guys, and I asked them, I said, hey, guys, you know anyone that is young, not a cotton top, not a lawyer, doctor, or celebrity or Broadway star that's speaking, make money? And the guy says, yeah, 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 here's a ticket. I was going to go, but you go in my place out in Hopog, Long Island, New York. I raced my little, the only thing the bankruptcy no courts had not taken, a $400 pitted window, permanent air conditioned Volkswagen, raced my little butt out there. This guy mesmerizes the audience for three hours, Chip Collins. I go up to him at the end. I said, Chip, that was so magnificent. I can't believe it. I want to do what you do. He said, look, kid, the chance of you doing it is one in a thousand. You're not going to do it. So why don't we do something else? I said, no, no, no. Let me take you to lunch. I'm asking you if I can take your lunch. I'll ask you all the questions. And he said, okay, you stay out of the real estate business because I own the five boroughs of New York. I'll teach you how to do it in, in life insurance. Well, he came back. I had did a thousand talks here for the first three years. And then people kept saying, do you have that story in a book? First book I did was not obviously not asked, but it was called Stand Up, Speak Up, Win. And it was a $10 book. I sold the little audiences of six, 10 or 12 people in the insurance business, 20,000 copies in one year. I was doing four talks a day and I signed everyone. I said, this isn't a New York Times bestseller. It's not a national bestseller, but it is my bestseller. And I ask you to get one to you. And I'm, and I'm asking you if you'll let me sign it to you, your wife, your kids, and your dog if you want. I'll never believe yet. I sold 20,000 copies, made $200,000, tripled my income. I thought, I have died and gone to heaven. And since then, now at 312 books. And, and as you said, I wrote one with Mitzi called How to Be Up and Down Time. So it's just been a great ride. That's, that's insane. But that... But that's what it takes, though, right? Is you kind of need that person to look at you and almost say, like, lovingly, they're like, don't do this. They're like, don't do this to yourself. They're like, just, you know, they're like, you know, they're like, hey, I love the gusto, but they're like, it's like going up to Michael Jordan and being like, how do I be the best? And they just smile at you and they're like, you know, they're like, going to accounting. You're like, what, you know, it kind of breaks your heart, but it also kind of lights a fire under you. And yeah, well, Michael Jordan couldn't play the first two years in high school. As you know, they put him on the bench. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he, he was doing it, getting up at 3 in the morning and, and shooting baskets with his dad as a coach because everybody needs a coach. And he said, you know, even when he got big time, i got to have a coach. i got to have Phil or I'm not able to do it. Everybody needs a coach because we all backslide. Yeah. I mean, another inspiration. Sorry, Chris, I just cut you off. No, you didn't. No, oh, no, I was just oh, oh. <laughs> It's <laughs> another thing. Well, yeah, Michael Jordan, he has the most game-winning shots, but he also has the record for the most game, or missing the most game-winning shots. And if that's not the most beautiful analogy, ever, or, yeah, example yeah. ever, is, right, like, you, you it, it's like your eyes could, you could probably generate more power than a nuclear power plant with the rate people's eyes spin when you say something like, you know, you miss every shot you don't take, but, I mean, truly, like, the GOAT. But... I always look at Tom Brady when he got drafted. I always, whenever I'm feeling really bummed out, I go and look at a picture of him when he got drafted or when he's, you know, you look at him and you're like, who is this? You know, he must have had a family friend that got him drafted because somebody owed someone a favor because it's like, yeah. oh, just give him a jersey, sit him down. Just, you know, I yeah, I owe his dad a gift or something. <laughs> but then he, he goes on to go to nine Super Bowls and win six. And it's... Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is it's not even just that he did it. 
and then in hindsight can give all these speeches about I'm Tom Brady. When he got signed to the Patriots, he went to the owner and said, this is the best decision you've ever made. And he was probably like, who are you? Get out of my office. <laughs> but like, but you kind of have to, it's almost, you know, it's like the, it's like the saying, there's a, the, the difference between madness and genius is profit margin. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's. I like that. I'm gonna write that down. I've never heard. I like that one. Yeah, it's, it's. It does take a little bit of madness, just this mad, yeah. wild belief in yourself, and and uh, not being willing to let anyone talk you out of it. I mean, forget about what the naysayers are saying. Yeah, and, and that's why we're saying, you know, we wrote um, in in the book the seven roadblocks to asking, uh-huh. like. Is getting rid of all that unworthiness, all those roadblocks that stop us from asking for what we want, what we deserve, what we're destined for. Yeah. It's all there. If yeah. We're just willing to ask. And I was just going to say back, back on Mark's journey. I mean, if you look at kind of the little miracles, Mark thought he was going to be Buckminster Fuller and build these geodesic domes, right? He thought that's what he was supposed to do out of graduate school. And then he's like devastated and wiped out sleeping in the sleeping bag. Well, when he started asking himself, like, well, what do I really want to do? God, what do you want me to do? And then that revelation came, like, I'm supposed to talk to people about things that matter. And then think about the miracles of that. And then just him asking his roommates, where do I go to to find a speaker? And someone just happened to have a ticket that day to the best speaker in the area. And he takes the ticket. When you start asking for what you really want, these crazy miracles will start to open up in your life. Yeah. You just have to know how to ask. Yeah. I mean, back to Joseph Campbell is uh, when you follow your bliss, doors will appear where there were formerly walls. And for others, there still are walls. It does. Well, that's what he wrote in mythology. And he said a myth, which is your future, the myth that is always something that never was and always is. But the myth is, what are you creating? And that's why every movie maker, whether it's Spielberg or whether it's Lucas, read him. And, and, and create this stuff. And, and one of our many futures, and answer your question, yes, we're doing books, but yes, we're gonna do documentaries, and yes, we're gonna do movies, because we're being asked to do that now. And, and we're, everyone says, well, you got more money, you don't need to do it. No, no, you, everyone needs to contribute. The, the Genesis 128 says, you're made in the image and likeness of God, therefore two things I think and we think, you're here to create and you're here to contribute. And that's really where your heart sings. Hmm. Your heart would, no offense intended, your heart would have been lost if you only were a medical doctor. Now, you could have been a medical doctor and a podcaster, but if you didn't do something to contribute all this brilliance you've got beyond just seeing 20 or 50 patients a day, it wouldn't have been enough for your soul. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's like the comedian Bill Hicks said, and it wasn't even really one of his comedy bits, is... Is he said, um, you're not here to, uh, you're not here to, excuse me, you're not here to consume and criticize. You're here to share and to create. And it's, I really do think it's, or it's choose love. It's you can choose fear or love. Every other decision, you know, it's kind of, it all branches off from that. And I remember writing in my, in the, the letter that got me an interview to USC Keck School of Medicine. I didn't get in, but I do remember writing in a personal statement. I remember asking why I was there because everyone else there, it was all like Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth. And then here I was like UGA, like, you know, go dogs. And I was like, I remember asking the Dean, I was like, I was like, why am I like, I know for a fact I didn't score as high as all of them. And I was like, why am I here? And she said that I had the most interesting personal statement she had ever read. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. But what I wrote about was, is I remember meditating and trying to boil down reality into eventually 
you know, it came down to there is that which is witnessed and there's the witnesser or there's consciousness and matter. Some would say that there's not even two, but let's just say there's consciousness and matter. And I remember thinking, like, what is the most basic law of everything I've learned in my four years at college? Organic chemistry, cellular biology, physics, whatever. What is it? You can boil it all down to for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Okay, so place that there for number one consciousness let's we could say all of the religions are the the classes of consciousness right spiritualism hinduism zoroasterism christianity what is the one thing kind of like how they all have a great flood but what is the one boiled down thing well right it's the golden rule do unto others as you would like to have done to you and then i begin looking at how those kind of parallel each other is do unto others not the same thing as equal and opposite reaction it and i was like oh there's a marriage between between material and immaterial, between yeah. the witnesser and that what is witnessed. And I said, that's what I believe it is, and that's why I want to be a doctor is to help others. And apparently that I, I spoke sweetly enough that I got an interview. But that's <laughs> right. And and then I, I love it. It's yeah. wonderful. Well yeah. apparently I didn't sweet talk them enough because my rejection letter beat me home. But it's you need to write that as a book and if you go to my website, markvickranson.com, we have a whole book called you have a book in you for seven bucks there that you will love well i might have to do that then but it's no no you got to do it not for me but for the world because that's good your parallel is really amazingly insightful oh thank you sir but it's that's that is kind of how i how i view it is but that comes up and i thought about that while reading it is right when you you know what is the beginning of your book is is we're almost conditioned to not ask right because you ask, you get told no, and then it's, you know, that's a bad feeling. I don't want that anymore, right? It's it's the guy that gets turned down by one girl, and then he just never asks out another girl. And it's like, dude, you got to, you know, you got to go for it. But I feel like that sort of marriage between, um, between the physical and the immaterial, it's the same. You, I think it would also come down to asking, because it's equal and opposite reaction. It's almost like by putting out, like, a query... It almost seems like it's woven into the fabric of reality that something has to come back. Like it, like, yeah, for, for better or worse, you know, for it's better or worse. I mean, you just keep asking and, it, and it's a journey and it's amazing because if you look at the way kids are born, you know, we all come into this world. So beautiful, so uncorrupted. We're not, not afraid to ask for anything. We ask for who, yeah. what, yeah. when, where, why, why, you know, we want to know everything and we're not afraid to ask for more or ask for whatever we want. Yeah. Right. And you think about how quickly children accelerate in their growth. They evolve so quickly. Yeah. We're just just hungry to learn. Yeah. And we're doing it. And we're doing it by asking and be, being unafraid and having this wild curiosity. And then depending on how we were parented or, you know, schooled or how, you know, what worked, what happened in the military or the jobs, you know, over just basic life rejection, we start to get shut down. Mm-hmm. And that beautiful ability to ask um, gets crushed out of us. And pretty soon we're standing here as an adult, as adults going, you know, feeling so scared to ask anyone for anything um, because of that rejection, that fear, all of the roadblocks we talk about in the book. And we're actually ashamed to not know everything, which is the tragedy of all time, because none of us know everything and never will. And if we don't stop having that curiosity, being able to have that childlike curiosity, we're going to miss out. Yeah, it's uh, and it's but that 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 what you just said makes me think of the quote. um, our, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. 
And it's like, that's the truth. The fear isn't like, uh, I shouldn't apply to med school. Like I'm a like, no, your truest fear is like deep down, you know, that if yeah. you just like put aside partying and alcohol and you hit the library every day and you did it for four years, you know, you could be, a, and like, that's the deepest fear is cause it's back to Maya Angelou, right? The greatest agony is a, is bearing an untold story. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, it, it is, that's what it is. It makes me think of learned helplessness. And I, if you can't tell, I talk nonstop. So you got to throw an elbow if you want to come in. It's, and I know I've, I've got you for, I've got you for five more, five more minutes. So I'll, I'll try to wrap it up. But it makes me think of the example of learned helplessness where when elephants are young, what they'll do is they'll tie like a rope around their foot or whatever, their leg, right? And they'll put a stake in the ground, you know, maybe like a crowbar or something strong enough to keep a baby elephant. All right. And it tries to get away and it yanks and it doesn't work and it doesn't work. And they keep doing that. And then eventually they realize that they can't get away from the rope. Well, over time, the elephant grows into, well, you know, the size of an elephant. But it's been conditioned to not pull on that rope because that rope won't give. Despite the fact it now weighing 10 tons and it could pull up the rope and probably pull up all the land around it. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't do it because they've been conditioned. It's not going to work. It's again. I know that it sounds like che- it sounds cheesy, but that's kind of how I feel about a lot of things. It's like how many possibilities, and your book goes into that. Is how many possibilities just exist right? I mean, really, right in front of you, yeah. but you're just it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It can't possibly work. Like it's. Sorry, I'm talking in circles. I get excited. But. No, no, no. You're right on. You're on point. And the point is the whole story of Michaela, right? Nothing was going to work, and mm-hmm. she's in. This thing. And Crystal wrote that story. I'm just shortening the syntax, and all of a sudden, she yeah, the fable of Michaela, which is the first and probably the longest prologue of any book ever yeah. in history. Yeah. <laughs> You know, teaching she ends up saying, I do have this talent, I can read, I can teach mm-hmm. others to read, and then she ends up, you know, coming before kings and queens, and that's everybody's goal is to fulfill their destiny and metaphorically get in front of kings, queens, presidents, and Mars, mm-hmm. so whatever it is, it is, wherever you are in the world, and each and every one of us has got that, and, and for you, you've got to decide that you're an info entrepreneur, an information entrepreneur, and that you're going to go to your majesty with this. Yeah, it's... Yeah, if it doesn't scare you, if it doesn't scare the ever-living you-know-what out of you, I don't think it's a big enough dream and it's not a big enough question. Is right. if it doesn't terrify you to your core, then, it's, then you're not right. doing it. Yeah, right? Yeah, people ask safe questions like, oh, what if I just do a little bit better? You know, how can I just make this much more money? Not not yeah. this much more, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> They don't, they're afraid to ask the big questions. And we say, ask big, ask yeah. from the empty grade, ask for what you want. That's what works. Yeah. It's, and it, it, it does. The, the, que- the, the question should terrify. If the, que- if your goals don't embarrass you in front of friends and family, I don't think they're, <laughs> I don't think they're goals, right? They're safe little talking points that you can say in front of your exactly. boss's wife. Like, oh, I would like to, you know, put up a new fence around the yard. No, your goal should be like, I'm going to build a hotel on the moon. Like people should look at you like you're crazy. Elon That's- Musk. Everybody's been saying how many, Thank you. how many hundreds of times, thousands. He he gets laughed at. He gets shook. Guess who wins every time? Guess who's the richest man through COVID? Guess who's <laughs> eclipsed all the other car companies now? Yeah. You know, I said Tesla's never going to make money. Blah blah blah. 
guess who's got Space Force? Guess who's gonna who's putting forty thousand satellites in the in the into space? And we're gonna have internet Star-like, everywhere yeah. in the world for everyone, and no one can shut it down. Yeah, no one can centralize it. No yeah. one can regulate it. These are big audacious, right? Yeah, it's so it's it, like freedom for everybody, and he doesn't listen to anyone except his own convictions and dreams. We've got to call this to a close today. Yep, yep. We won't talk to you again, but yes, sir. what we're going to do is ask everybody. Our big ask is twofold. Number one, I want to ask everybody to go get a copy of the book Asked by Crystal Lamar called The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny at Amazon because this podcast is literally going to be evergreen. It's going to go around the world. People in countries you can't even pronounce right now, as smart as you are, <laughs> you know, are going to get the book because they, this podcast exists. And then number two is go to our website, asktheasker.com. Oh, no. Askthebookclub.com. Askthebookclub.com because we're going to do. We're going to invite you to a book club, and uh, because we want to keep this discussion going. Yes, absolutely. When you get the book, make sure you join us for the book club. Just askthebookclub.com, and we will send you an invitation. And connect with us on social media: Crystal Dwyer Hanson, Mark Victor Hanson, of course, and. We'll see you at uh, the book club. Yeah, I'll we'll put, being with you all again, yeah. Tommy. Thank you for having us thank on your show. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for coming on. I'll put those links in the description and sticking the top comment. And the very last quote I want to say, I know I've said a million, Elon Musk, I'd rather be optimistic and wrong than be pessimistic and right. Yes. Ooh, I love it. All right, I'll see you guys. Yeah. You're certainly right. All right, thank bye-bye. you guys. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. God bless. God bless.